Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. Grab your Bibles and open with me to the book of Hebrews, chapter number five. I'm also excited to announce that we will be having a baptism here next Sunday. Amen. Somebody give it up for Jesus. Um, my, my, my brother back here on the back, Larry Stevens, going to be baptized. Let's give the Lord a great big hand praise for him. We love you, brother. Amen. Some of you, these guys are going to help us. Brother Larry, you ain't got nothing to worry about. We're going to take care of that. Uh, princess, wave at everybody, princess, her family. Going to be baptized. We got the privilege of baptizing Dylan a couple weeks ago, three weeks ago or so. Um, so anyone else, if you have not been baptized or uh, have rededicated your heart to the Lord and want to be rebaptized, we do that around here. We double dunk. <laughs> we'll dunk you again. <laughs> Matter of fact, I think I got baptized again last year. Might be time again. Uh, I apologize for my wife not being here today. She's sick uh, with a cold. I don't know if it's still legal to get colds. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm sure, and, and, and several are out sick, but I'm sure they're following us online. Um, I'm dealing with a subject this morning that I really feel like I have bit off more than I can chew. Uh, I don't know why I've never heard this stuff taught and preached the way I'm studying it and just gleaning from it. And actually, I, I, I started this teaching on Wednesday night two weeks ago. I sent out a flock note that for you leaders, if you weren't able to be here to listen to that teaching, because we're going to tie into it today. So if you're here and you didn't hear that teaching, it's two weeks ago, whatever that date is, on Wednesday night. It's on Facebook on feelings and emotions. And it's the most powerful stuff that I believe uh, we've finally came to a place that God is not just dealing with your salvation. He's dealing with your psychological uh, stability. There's a lot of people saved that's unstable psychologically. Oh, I know it's not you, but you know people like that. So if one's sitting beside you, just elbow them and tell them this is for you. Uh, it's such a powerful concept. Today I intend to to deal with some deep spiritual stuff Um, because when you start dealing with the feelings and emotions, you're dealing with the very heart of man uh, because sometimes what a man presents is not what he really is. Can I get a witness? Or should I say 99% of the time? Matter of fact, you, you have convinced yourself you're something that you really don't know what you really are until you get in a pickle. And your feelings and emotions will tell you what you are. And if, you would learn, if we learn how to embrace that and cultivate it properly, we could become that man or woman God's called us to be. Uh, so I, I don't know how long I'm going to deal with this, but I'm just going to stay on it until the Lord uh, changes uh, my directions. But what you need to know about 
feelings and emotions is that they are, if you will, external expressions of who you are. A lot of times we like to think we're somebody else. We like to convince ourselves we are something else. But you, you, sooner or later, your true feelings are going to testify against you or they're going to testify for you. Matter of fact, you have no form of expression outside feelings. Now, y'all just got to think about this. Huh? You have no form of expression outside emotions. In other words, you never get to know anybody until they start expressing emotions. You may know their name. <laughs> uh, you may know where they live. But until you get close enough to somebody... Until there is an expression of inner feelings, you don't know who they are. Amen. You probably didn't really know who your wife was. Or your husband was. Amen. Until you got in situations to where true feelings and emotions were expressed, you said, oh my Jesus. Huh? Y'all can't say nothing right there, but you know what I'm talking about. Amen. Well, do you know that you cannot know God outside his feelings and emotions? I, I know it's hard for you to say amen right there. But, but God is an emotional being. Amen. He is an emotional being. He has feelings. He's emotional. Matter of fact, I'm going to teach you that. Amen. That's where you got yours from. Your feelings and emotions. Now they may be in a fallen state. And they may be hijacked by the devil. But, but your God is an emotional God. Somebody say thank you Jesus. Why? Because he is love. And love is an emotion. And love expresses itself. So I want to try to work this this morning. In a way that I'll, I, I believe it'll help you. I need you to get some things in your spirit. That I think has been taught a, a Against And number one, emotions were created by God. And, and I really like to put that in a different form. I need you to take some notes today. I'll read a scripture in a minute. Amen. But I want to say that on a different form that you and I, your Bible teaches us, Brother Ricky, that we were created in the likeness of God, meaning we inherited the feelings and emotions of God. Amen. He didn't just create feelings and emotions. He created us in his likeness. Therefore, we inherited his feelings and emotions. Amen. Uh, uh, I need you to know this. Write this down. Uh, uh, Sunday, I mean, Wednesday night, I titled my teaching Emotional Health. But to, today we're going to entitle it Emotional Maturity. There's two levels of emotional health. Number one, there's an immature emotion. It is when feelings and emotions are under tutors and governors. That's an immature emotional state. It's when my feelings and emotions have to be governed by somebody else. Huh? You know, like when you're raising your kid, don't you act like that. Or your husband, whichever comes first. 
Ah, amen. Don't you act like that. Amen. That's, 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 it's not that they're not saved. She's just pointing over there. It's not that they're not saved. It's just an, an, an emotional immaturity is when I have to have an accountability partner telling me you shouldn't be getting angry about that. You shouldn't be throwing a fit about that. Are, are you following me? So I'm under governors and tutors. It's Galatians 4 and 1. says an heir, as long as he is immature, is no different from a servant, though he be Lord of all. But he's under governors and tutors. I'm telling you, God is trying to move this church into a position to where you don't need an accountability partner. I thought you was going to preach my message. Amen. Amen. And I used to think people like this weren't saved when you had to have, uh, okay, okay, Ricky, I'm going to get you to be my accountability partner. So when my feelings and emotions starts going, I need you to pull me back in. Amen. It's, it's not that you're not saved. It's because you're in a state of immaturity. Emotional immaturity. And I have to have boundaries set. I have to have a governor in my life. Amen. And it's okay to start out like this. Amen? It's okay to start out like this. But I'm telling you, there's a shift in the body of Christ, says, amen, where you 20-year-old Christians need to grow up. Oh, I need you to help me, Kenny, now. <laughs> amen? That we shouldn't still be correcting emotional behavior when I've been in this thing so long. I, I shouldn't still be having temper tantrums. That I have to go back. I shouldn't still be making messes when I've been in this thing so long because I'm saved, I'm on my way to heaven, but I've never been taught emotional health or emotional maturity. So one level of uh, uh, emotional maturity is when I need governors in my life. I need somebody slapping my hand. <laughs> slapping my mouth. <laughs> covering my eyes. Stopping my ears. But spiritual maturity is when God's feelings and God's emotions are being expressed through you. That's what spiritual maturity looks like. When you are so mature in the spirit that you get into situations and you start feeling what God is feeling. You start responding like God responds. You start reacting like God would react. Why? Because your feelings and emotions have now been redeemed. They've been sanctified to the fullest. Amen. And you can now know how God feels about a thing by how you feel about it. Wow. Are y'all with me this morning? This is, this is deep stuff. This is spiritual stuff. Amen. We thought feelings and emotions was our enemy because we've allowed the devil to hijack them. When in reality, God is the one who gave them to it. It's the, it's, it's the God part of us. As a matter of fact, I'm going to put it like this, amen, that our feelings and emotions are the only avenue God has to express himself. My God, I just, I just said something. Your feelings and emotions is the only avenue God has to express himself to a person. My God, I need you to look at your neighbor right now. Shake them, grab them by the collar, grab them by the ears, whatever it takes. Amen. 
and tell them uh, we got to get it right. That's why a lot of people think God is angry because you're angry all the time. A lot of people think God has a rod in his hand and he's ready to beat everything around him, amen, that don't line up to what you think is right, amen. And a lot of people don't want nothing to do with your God because your God looks too much like you. It's going to get real in this place, amen. Uh, amen. So God, bliss, is trying to bring us to a place of spiritual maturity to where People experience God through your feelings. They experience God through your emotions. They get to know God because they know you. Oh my God. Jesus said, they said, we want to we know the Father. What do you mean you want to know the Father? If you know me, you know the Father. If, if you know me, you know Him. Because I get angry at what he gets angry about. I love what he loves. I hate what he hates. I embrace what he embraces. Oh my God, this is going to be some of the deepest, most, I'm telling you, this is maturation in its finest right here. Because it's dealing with your psychological you. It's dealing with you. Matter of fact, the disciples stood in the temple and Jesus came in and, and they were they had commercialized God's house and he went, he got mad. Are you listening to me? He got mad. He went to turning over tables. He he began to, to, to throw the money in the street. Amen. And the disciples stood back and saw an expression of anger. And the Bible says they remembered the scripture. The zeal of God's house is eating me up. Oh, I just wish I could see some zeal in the house of God again. I thought, Kobe, he's right on key tonight. I call him the uh, uh, pollinator. <laughs> Kobe's the pollinator. He, he's full of something that stirs other people up. Amen. What about when, when Jesus stood at the uh, Lazarus' tomb? Amen. And Mary and Martha was all there. And the Bible says Jesus wept. And they began to say, oh my, how he must have loved him. They saw the expressions of Jesus. Amen. Which was the heart of God. Is anybody listening to me this morning? Oh my God, we're just going to dive deep today. Amen. Amen. I come to teach you today that we have been created to be a, a vis visible, physical manifestation of the nature of God. And the majority of Christians are emotional wrecks. I got one nod over here. She's a visitor, so she ain't saying nothing real loud, but thank you for your support. So I am going to attack it until we get it. I have prayed it until I'm going to get it. I have studied it. And you got to realize, I'm not feeding you a full meal this morning. I'm sowing seeds that if you don't go cultivate this seed, you're never going to get this revelation. You're, 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 you're never going to get it. Let's read a scripture. There'll be no service here tonight, so I'm going to take my time today. Y'all couldn't stick another turkey leg in your mouth anyway. <laughs> Branson said, devil is a liar. I'm hungry now. 
spirit read that, brother. Are y'all in the book of Hebrews chapter number five? I feel an anointing coming in this place. You better be ready. I'm not going to preach today. I'm going to impart. Hebrews chapter number five, verse number 11. Of whom we have many things to say to you. He was just teaching on Melchizedek, which can be one of the most deepest hard subjects. But he said, we have many things to say to you about Melchizedek, and they're hard to be uttered seeing you are dull of hearing. Now, I just need you to notice something right here. He's talking about hearing. But he ain't talking about they needed hearing aids. It's amazing to me how you, when you read your Bible, after I get through teaching, you're going to start noticing that it so connects my spiritual senses with my natural senses. The Bible won't even separate them because it's so spiritual. And so I, I need you to see that for what I'm, this doctrine I'm trying to, to get you to understand. He said, there's things that, that, that I can't teach you right now because you're dull of hearing. For, for when for the time you ought to be teachers, you need somebody to teach you again which be the first principles of the oracles of God and are become of such has need of milk and not strong meat. For everyone that just drinks milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness for he's a baby. I just need you to know before I read this last verse, you know, I've been out a little bit, been preaching out a little bit, and I'm seeing a pattern of where I'm preaching of the desire of the Holy Spirit to bring the body of class to a place of maturity. That's the new move of God, is what I'm trying to say, is to produce maturity in the body of Christ. Why? Because there's a transfer of power I preached about several weeks back that will only be transferred to the mature. And the whole earth is groaning for the manifestation of mature Christians. I'm going to try to close out with that. But look at 14. But strong meat belongs to them that are of full age. Strong meat belongs to them that are mature. Can I tell you there's some things that belong to you revelationally that God has not been able to give you because of your immaturity. <laughs> there's some things that are yours. But God is such a good parent that he's not going to give a six-month-old a ribeye steak. And it's not that the six-month-old don't own it because if he's in the family, he owns it. So I come to tell you, I want to stir you up this morning. There's some things that belong to you that God wants to get to you, but he can't get it to you until you step into another degree of maturity. As a matter of fact, that scripture defines maturity. It says, but strong meat belongs to them that are of full age 
Even those who by reason of use have their, what? Somebody help me. Have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. I want you to write that definition down. The, the actual Greek for senses is an organ of perception. This is so important for, I'm, for where I'm going. I, I'm, I'm in no hurry whatsoever. Senses comes from a Greek word which is an organ of perception. Which really means to apprehend properly by the senses. It means to apprehend or comprehend properly by your senses. Oh, here's another definition that I love. I don't know if you got time to write this stuff down, but I'm going to give it to you. The, the, the definition of senses is a keen, intuitive awareness or sensitivity to the presence or importance of something. I'm going to say it again. A keen, intuitive awareness or sensitivity to the presence or the importance of something. I don't know if you're catching that definition, but I'm seeing an extreme lack of a sensitivity in the body of Christ. On a Sunday morning, I'm, I'm uh, uh, where, where I go and preach, and, and even here, here lately, I'm sensing an, ex, an extreme insensitivity and unawareness that a holy God is in this place. You feel me, Amanda? I'm, I, I'm sensing that. And it's showing me the condition of the body of Christ when we can gather together in his presence and I have no intuitive ability about me to sense God is in this house. And the scripture I just read you was a sign of spiritual maturity and I'm using emotional maturity this morning a, a sign of emotional immaturity is a lack of sensitivity. Wow, this is heavy, isn't it? To where I can sit in a house where God is being worshipped and God is being preached and he's being talked about and the people on the platform are more like cheerleaders trying to create something because they lack of and a deficit that's in the body of Christ because I have no keen awareness that he is good. He is great. He is God. Matter of fact, I saw you out of the corner of my eye over here. Uh, you're in a good section for acting like that. During worship, I got another message I'm working on that when, uh, who was her, what was her name that broke the alabaster box? Was it Mary? Mary Magdalene? Broke the alabaster box at the feet of Jesus. Amen. Which was a form of worship. And the disciples were offended at it. Amen. Carnal people will be offended with the sensitivity of the spiritual. Because they're picking up on something that you're not picking up on because you're so immature emotionally. Amen. And you'll even say, 
Well, that's what they do. That Kenny, he's just emotional like that. Amen. When in reality, I have no awareness that God is worthy of that level of worship. Y'all pardon me if I get emotional today. You want to know why? I, I, I take that back. I don't apologize because that's who God is. And that's what he created me to be. And I don't want to be connected with people who are unemotional. Amen. Are you listening to me? Amen. You can't build relationships with people who have no emotion. They have no expression. You know what will rob you of expression? Pride. Oh, it's going to get deep today. Pride is robbing you of expressing to God. Amen. Because we're more worried about what others think than what my spirit is being aware of right now. How many ever felt like running in a service or shouting in a service? And God help you if you've never felt like exuberant expression of your love for your father. God help you. I'm going to prove to you you never got saved. Oh, it's going to get deep today. You never got saved. You never got saved. I'm going to prove to you by scripture, amen, you never got saved. If salvation did not affect your feelings and your emotional state that expressed itself with a different life, then you joined the church and you're full of religion with no relationship. Whoo! It's going to get tough today. Pray for me, baby. I know she's watching. What I love is about the Bible is, or what I love about Christianity is, God said, I'm going to take natural stuff to help you understand spiritual stuff. You know, I'm the example guy. In school, just give me an example. You know, when you, they give you the book and they give you that example, just give me an example. And you know what? That's what Christianity is supposed to be because Jesus didn't say, come join my Bible college. He said, follow me and just watch what I do. I'm going to set an example of how you're supposed to respond emotionally. So, so let's, let's, let's look at this. I need you to know to every emotion you have. Matter of fact, how do I say this? Of all your senses and your emotions are really indicators of your spiritual faculties. Did you catch it? Every one of them, all five senses, all your feelings and emotions, really, amen, are the spiritual side of you that fell when Adam fell. There was every, every, every one of them. That's why when you get this stuff down, you're going to start reading your Bible and it says, oh, taste and see that the Lord. Huh? Amen. Faith comes by. I got to have my faculties. I got to have my feelings. I got to have my emotions. Why? Because it's a created part of God. God didn't design me to put my feelings and emotions in a closet somewhere and come to church and say, praise the Lord, y'all. <laughs> Amen. Huh? That's what religion does. I'm feeling a mean streak and I'm fighting it. I'm fighting that feeling. You hear me? 
Listen to me. So knowing that, let's, let's work through this for an uh, hour and a half or so, can we? <laughs> the, <laughs> I'm just being honest. I ain't going to lie to you. The whole human experience is governed by feelings and emotions. I mean, you're going to have to meditate on this stuff, but I've been chewing. I've just spent hours in my man cave over this stuff. The whole human experience is governed by feelings and emotions to, to the extent, I'm going to make a powerful statement because it's going to set me up in, on down the line, to the extent there is no such thing as that human experience without feelings, emotions, and the senses. I'm going to say that again. There is no such thing as a human experience outside of feelings, emotions, and the senses. Your senses, what are they? Come on, kids, help me out. What's your five senses? Huh? There you go. Say it loud. I don't know what they are. I need you to tell. Taste, sight, sound, smell, touch. You guys are good. Listen to me. All these senses are constantly Working together, gathering data by stimulation. Smelling. All these senses, you hear me? They're working together and they're constantly gathering data by stimulation. And then perception or judgments are made by the data received and your reality is established by your perception. Did y'all catch all that? Because it's so important for your spirit, man. In other words, all my five senses are constantly working together and they're, they're being stimulated by what my eyes see and my ears hear and my nose smells and my hands feel. And it's gathering data. It's gathering data. And it's sending it to my psycho, psychological data bank. And then I'm able to make a judgment based upon all my sensory system. Amen. If that's true in the natural, then it's true in the spiritual. How in the world can you discern what is good and what is evil if all your spiritual senses and feelings and emotions are dead? Huh? Come on now. Huh? I can't make proper judgment. No, 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 no. In the name of Jesus, I got to preach this one in English because you got to get it. Are you listening to me? Amen. So they're gathering data by stimulation. Amen. The problem with so many Christians is they've never been, they never get stimulated by what's going on in the spirit. (laughs) This is heavy stuff. This is heavy stuff. In other words, Your feelings and emotions and senses are constantly collaborating together to give you some perspective of the world you live in. Thank God for them. Thank God for them. You think you ain't got nothing to worship about? Can you see right now? Can you see right now? I said, can you see with your eyeballs right now? Well, if you can, you ought to take just a minute and say, I thank you, Lord, that I have a stimulus in my life that I can see things that stimulate me to love and to... 
Huh? Oh, y'all ain't gonna look. Don't look at me like that. I'll climb over that pew and in your shirt pocket. Amen. I don't care if you lost as a goose. At least you ain't a blind sinner. You ought to at least thank God. Amen. I may be lost, but at least I can see. And so I'm gonna praise God for the vision he has given me. They're always working together. Come on now, I'm helping you, ain't I? Huh? I'm just helping you understand how your body works. They're working together. They're constantly collaborating to give you some perspective of the world you live in. In other words, your feelings, your emotions, and your senses. Somebody say, slow down, pastor. That your, your feelings, your senses, your emotions are actually your point of reference to your environment, which means without them, you would have no contact to the world you live in. Uh, let's come on, kids. I need y'all to help me with this because adults are boring. Deer slayer, woman deer slayer. She killed a pretty buck. All right, let's let's do the imagination game. Imagine for just a minute, if you can, you have no senses or feelings. Now you can't do this completely, but. Right now, imagine you're blind. You can close your eyes. You can close your eyes. Just imagine you couldn't see. Imagine now you couldn't hear. Now you can't see. (laughs) Now you can't hear nothing. Imagine your world now. Amen. And the only reason you can have an imagination of your world is if you ever saw your world or you ever heard your world. You know a man who's born deaf, you can talk about a bird singing all day long and he has no point of reference to what you're talking about. He can't relate to it, so he can't stir any emotion within him whatsoever. Is anybody listening to me? I need you to imagine having no senses whatsoever. You can't see, you can't hear, you can't smell nothing, you can't taste nothing, you can't feel nothing. Imagine not having any feelings whatsoever or no emotions whatsoever. Can you even imagine? Amen. You have no emotional expression whatsoever. I know some people like that. but No laughter. No joy. No sadness. No nothing. No nothing. You're just a blob. You're just a blob. Amen. Now, I haven't even taken away from you your intellectual ability. You can still have that, but be totally cut off from your world if you have no sight, you have no hearing, you have no sight, you have no smell, you have no feeling. All you have is an intellectual presence. Can I tell you we have reduced Christianity to nothing more than an intellectual presence to where I can think God, I can think religion, I can think things, but I have no expression or ability, no intuitive ability to partner with what I think. (laughs) I don't know if y'all ready for this. So, I'm giving you something, you that can't pray over two minutes. I'm giving you some stuff to take in your prayer closet, and you're going to spend the first 20 minutes worshiping him. 
God, I'm so thankful I can hear. I'm so thankful I can feel. I can... Oh, and my nose is working. <laughs> oh, God, I, I just want to praise you because I have these senses in my life. Is anybody listening to me? Amen. Amen. The only reason you're not thankful is because you've never lost them. Somebody help me in this place. Amen. Amen. Because if you lose them, you lose contact with the world that you live in. <laughs> you have no contact so feelings and emotions and the five senses are gifts that God that enable you to perceive, to make judgments, to navigate in this natural world. Your heart ought to go out to that man now that's got the white cane. Your heart ought to go out to that one that you're seeing doing this. Because he can't hear. Amen. Your heart ought to go out to it. Amen. Uh, at least to the extent that it makes you breathe a prayer of thanksgiving. That I can still hear. This is heavy. Y'all feel my weight? These feelings and emotions, they're gifts of God that enable us to perceive and navigate in the natural world. We're finna go to the spiritual world, but in the natural world. Without these precious gifts from God, you would have no perception whatsoever of the natural world in which you are a part of. You would just exist. My God. <laughs> Do you feel my burden of the multitudes who are in the body of Christ and they're just existing? Just existing! Because I have no intuitive abilities. I have no stimulation to the things of the Spirit. Which is why I made the statement. There is no such thing as in a human experience without feelings and emotions in the five senses. Do y'all believe that now? There is no such thing as a human experience without the five senses and human emotion. Can I tell you there's no such thing as a spiritual experience without the five senses? Huh? Huh? Are y'all able to receive that now? There's no such thing as an intellectual experience with God that does not impact and effect your feelings, your emotions, and your senses. Amen. Any so-called experience, church experience, that does not connect with your feelings and emotions is religiosity at its finest. And multitudes are sitting in churches Amen. Intellectually worshiping a spiritual God with no, with no emotional attachment whatsoever. Yeah. Can I go deeper? In other words, Romans 1.20, one of my favorite scriptures, write it down. Romans 1 and 20 is the scripture that I told you that says what's true in the natural realm is true in the spiritual realm. Matter of fact, it says that I can understand God by understanding what God created. It even says, this is a real stretch, Bobby, uh, that I can understand the Godhead by understanding nature. Why? Because nature is an expression of God. Even so with your feelings and emotions. In other words, just like there is no human experience without feelings and emotions and our senses, there can be no spiritual experience 
outside feelings, emotions, and senses. I know some of y'all are struggling with this, but we're going to keep working it. Can I tell you, there's been bad doctrine sold to the body of Christ. And what's crazy to me is how we will are such emotional beings out there. And our whole life is governed by our feelings, our emotions, our senses. We couldn't even operate without it. And we can be so emotional about natural things. <laughs> Amen. Whatever it may be. Honey, fishing, ball games, sewing, whatever you women do. I don't know. Cooking. <laughs> sewing, that's out. I can tell by Gracie on that one. Huh? Amen. But I can tell you, all of you has got a passion about something. Amen. And it stirs you when people talk about it. Amen. And you'll find yourself in groups who do what you do. And you'll find that's your friends. Amen. Are you listening to me? And, and it's who we are and what we are, and we don't have a problem with it. But when we walk through the doors of that church, it's like we lose all sense of who we really are. Huh? Amen. Are you listening to me? Amen. And, and, and oh, well, I'm just, I'm just not emotional. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Amen. We just didn't see you in the right situation over the right thing. And I'm not even, hear me now, hear me now. And I'm not even, some people are not real exuberant like Kobe. You know, I, I understand they're not exuberant, but anytime we can connect ourselves to kingdom stuff and it at least not warm our heart or stir us on the inside or compel us and motivate us, are you listening to me? It's because we're so spiritually dead, we have no intuition whatsoever. None whatsoever. And I come to declare that we've got such bad doctrine coming in the house of God because we've taught that our faith has nothing to do with our feelings and emotions or our senses. It's only what we believe intellectually. I have made this statement over and over and over. It ain't about what you feel. It's about what you believe. That sounds noble. But in reality, if you'll just stop, if you'll just stop and do a self-analysis, amen, that whatever you believe and really believe, it always affects your emotions. It always affects your feelings. It always, it may affect it differently from other people, but if it did not affect your psyche, if your spirit, what you heard, amen, if, if you heard the word preached and wasn't moved by it, then it didn't produce faith in you. Come on, are, are y'all catching that? If as far as it got was right here, <laughs> just a bunch of head knocks, and you'll know if that's the case because it never produces fruit after its kind. A whole lot of knowledge, but it never produces anything that looks like the gospel that you have received. Oh my God, I'm afraid I'm going too deep. Are y'all with me? And there's a whole bunch of controversy here, so, so you're having to think. That's okay, just stay with me. 
I want you to know if what you believe has no effect whatsoever on your feelings and emotions, then you probably don't really believe it. You, you probably don't really believe it. And let me tell you another scary thing about that. If you were only convinced of it intellectually, you can be unconvinced of it by someone a little more intelligent. But when it gets in your psyche, when you experience it with an experience with God, and it affects your feelings and your emotions, amen. Matter of fact, I'm a good example. Amen. I was a knucklehead, Jared. I called him a knucklehead when he was getting saved. I had to apologize to him. I, 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 was, I was a knucklehead. You hear me? A drunk. My wife went to a revival and got saved. I went the next night. I ended up in an altar. I don't even know how I ended up at the altar. I don't even know why I ended up at the altar. But I just ended up there. And I gave my heart to Jesus. And, and I got home and told my wife, I didn't get nothing. I didn't feel a thing. But the next day when I went to work, all of a sudden I noticed something had happened in my psychological mindset and I could no longer engage in those jokes. I could no longer use that language. Is anybody listening to me? Amen. What I believe so affected my feelings, my emotions, my psychological disposition. Amen. And all of a sudden I realized, oh my God, I've been born again. I've been born again. So can I tell you right now, an intellectualized Christianity, apart from my feelings and emotions, is really just religion in disguise. People are not saved. People are not saved. There's some people right here this morning that's not really saved. You're not really saved. Oh, my God. You're not really saved. What do you mean I'm not saved? I got saved right up here. I confess with my mouth. (laughs) I did the religious thing, but it has never affected me to my psyche. It has never got down into the core of who I am. And so when I hear spiritual things, uh, there's a new intuition about me. Never, Never been born again. God himself said it best when he said, you draw near me with your mouth. (laughs) Y'all write that down. Y'all write that down. Where's that scripture at, Jennifer? Uh, Isaiah 29, 13, maybe. Somebody look that up. What's Isaiah 29, 13? Come on, pull it up on your phone real quick and read it to me. Isaiah 29, 13. I'm almost positive. Come on, y'all don't have a Bible in your lap? Isaiah 29, 13 says, loud, read it loud. This is what the Lord says about these people. They come near to me with hollow words and honor me with the glory of the Lord. Hold it. 
They honor. They come to me with hollow words. In other words, it's a regurgitation of intellectual assent to Scripture. And it's disconnected from even any feeling or emotion whatsoever. Matter of fact, that Scripture goes on to say, amen, they honor me with my life, their mouth, meaning their worship, amen, is with their mouth, amen. They praise me with their lips. But listen to this. It says, but they... Oh, thank you, Josh. <laughs> the back screen ain't working. Amen. They honor me, but they have done what? Somebody help me right here. They have done what? They have removed what? Look up heart in the Hebrew, and it says feelings. Amen. He said they have an intellectual assent to me, and they worship me with their mouth, but they remove their feelings from me. Oh, here's another feeling. And oh, yeah, and their fear towards me, their godly awe, somebody taught them how to do that. They have no emotional attachment to who I really am because when you know who I really am, you won't have to teach me to fear God. You won't have to teach me to honor God. When I really know it's a natural emotion that reverences who God is. How can we sit so dead in worship services? It's because we have no spiritual intuition. We don't have a sixth sense. It's dead. He said, it's tall. It's almost like a monster. Do y'all believe in monsters? Huh? Who said yeah? <laughs> Casting. Did you ever believe in monsters? Did they scare you? You want to know why? They don't even exist. But because he believed it, his emotions were attached to it, and he responded to what he believed. Is anybody listening to me? So in other words, now I can't teach casting there's a monster. Or he can say, oh, I'm scared. Uh, I can teach it to him and he can play like he's afraid is anybody listening to me teach oh I'm so afraid I'm so afraid but it don't cause chill bumps it don't release adrenaline it doesn't do anything we've taught the fear of God but because our senses are dead amen it doesn't provoke an activity in my life I can't teach it no more plainer than this and we have accepted this in the body of Christ as normal Christianity. We need revival. I need somebody to high five. We need revival. High five somebody. I need my emotions stirred up again. I need my feelings revived again. I just exist. My God, I'm tired of just existing. <laughs> I'm tired of just existing. Aren't you tired of just existing? Amen. And when it comes time to worship, I'll lift my hands, but it's religiosity. It's living in the Old Testament. Amen. All this hell knowledge, but no heart knowledge whatsoever. I wouldn't want to be married to you. Huh? Try it in your marriage. I wish my wife was here. Who can I use? Do you mind kissing me? Not you. Not you. <laughs> My daughter's not here. I can't kiss anybody. Bliss, I'm loving that mullet. I may kiss you. <laughs> this is what our worship services look like. Amen. What if your marriage looked like this? <laughs> Honey, you haven't kissed me today. It's time to kiss me. Now, you hadn't given me any sugar today. Okay. 
I'll kiss you boys right on the mouth. You hear me? Huh? Are you listening to me? Amen. Go ahead. Get it over with. There's your kiss. Amen. Every Sunday morning. Okay, God. There you go. There's your kiss. And I'm going to go on. Somebody help me preach right now. Now I'm going to go on about my business. And I'm... I gave you your sugar this morning. Amen. Can I tell you, you have not fallen in love with Jesus. You're not the bride that's looking for a groom. We are religious by nature. This stuff is killing me. Somebody ought to be repenting right now saying, my God, I lost my feeling. Somebody right there. Come on, right there in your pew. I ain't, well, don't wait on the altar call. I'm in part right now. I lost my emotional attraction to Jesus. I lost it. I lost my emotional attraction to Christ. Amen. And can I tell you, your emotional attraction to other people will be warped if your emotional attraction to Jesus is warped. Can I, that's a word, isn't it, Kobe? Amen. If you want your emotions to be healed to the one you're supposed to be loving, just get your emotions right with God and you'll start loving them with the emotions of God and you'll be I told y'all it's going to be heavy today matter of fact I'm going to be real bold now I'm going to make a statement you know what salvation really is Salvation is not shaking a preacher's hand. Salvation is not joining the church. Salvation is not a letter in our files in the back. Salvation is actually the reviving or, thank you, it's really the renewing, the quickening, the awakening of your senses. Oh, man, I went high to get that one. I was, on, I was in the third heavens when he said, let me tell you what salvation really is. Because multitudes never got saved. Real salvation is a quickening of my senses and my feelings and my emotions to their original state of perfection that I may hear what I used to couldn't hear and see what I used to couldn't see and into it intuitively pick up on some stuff that I didn't even pick up on before I was born again. That's what salvation is. It's the reviving of the psychological you. I don't even know if y'all can receive that word in a Christian setting, but I cannot see, I cannot separate my psychological self from my spiritual self. I can't separate them. I can't separate that. If I can, but I can separate my psychological self from my religion. And I can just be religious. Y'all still with me? Can I tell you? Now listen to me. Nothing is being thrown out today that wasn't refined in the refining fire of a prayer closet. But I'm going to make some statements that are going to contradict your lifestyle and you're either going to be offended of it or you're going to judge yourself by it. Based on what I just said to you, songs sang 
to God that you don't have an emotional attachment to is not worship. It's religion. Thank you. I don't know how you would take that, but I'm going to say it again. Songs are, what are they? What are they, Bobby Stowe? You're a singer. They're, I mean, I'm not a singer, but songs are different. They're like poems. Yes, they're expressions of feelings. I've seen country western singers sing with more feeling than a lot of worship leaders. Matter of fact, they make me feel it. I ain't lying. You ever got chill bumps? I mean, I don't go to country western singings no more, but or it ain't called a singing, it's a concert. Huh? They will make your... <laughs> you get chill bumps. Y'all ever got chill bumps? Huh? What do y'all listen to? Rock and roll? Did y'all feel anything? <laughs> uh-huh. I'm checking your spirit level right now. Somebody's, oh, wake up. Uh, are you listening? Oh, my God. Come on now. This is too real. Uh, amen. And the reason they get chill bumps is because they believe what they sing singing. They feel what they're singing. And they're imparting a carnal spirit into you. And because your senses are so alive, you're just receiving. But then we come to church and get on a platform and sing songs with no emotional attachment whatsoever. Let that, Taylor, worship team, let that be the barometer for us that the minute you start singing with no emotional attachment, Pastor, I'm going to set my... Oh, no, I'm not going to sit down. You know I don't like that. But, Pastor, i got to get back in the prayer closet. I lost my sixth sense. I lost my spirit of intuition. I lost my feelings and emotions. It's not fair. It's illegal to sing songs to God I have no emotional attachment to. <laughs> Can I take it a little further? It's illegal to pray prayers you have no emotional attachment to. Uh, amen. Did you know, not only is it illegal, sis, amen, they never get past the ceiling because God doesn't receive them because really it ain't them words you're saying. It's the heart. Oh, is anybody getting this message today? Amen. Uh, God, by the fact, the, the, the Bible says in James 5, 16, the effectual, fervent, hot, heartfelt prayer of a righteous man is what accomplishes something. If you're not emotionally attached to what you're praying, you're not praying. We're not praying. We're involved in religious activity. This is a lot. Kobe went to preaching that same message. He, you've preached that same message about four weeks in a row on offering. But keep preaching it because our giving's coming up. <laughs> Are you listening to me? Amen. Do you know that if you don't have emotion attached to your giving... You don't get credit for it? I mean, keep it coming. I mean, I don't care if you're crying when you give it. I, we need it. 
I mean, as far as me, just bring it on. I'm just being real. We got bills to pay and mission, missions to, huh? Just bring it on. But I'm just talking about your Bible teaches that when you give, if you have no emotional attachment to your giving, then it's not kingdom giving. It's religious giving. Where's that scripture at? You ought to know. Huh? Yeah, where's it at? Where's that? at? Uh, Oh, I got it. 2 Corinthians 9, 7. It says, God loves a cheerful giver. In other words, God loves you givers who when you give, amen, there's an emotion attached to it because you're investing into a kingdom. Are y'all getting all this? So I can't sing without emotion. I can't pray without emotion. And I can't even give without emotion. If all of that is missing, I need revival. My marriage is getting stale. I need a date night or something. <laughs> Are y'all listening? Come on, guys. Y'all hearing me? I need to do something to, because feelings and emotions are kind of fickle and they'll get dormant if you don't stir them up. They'll get dormant if you don't stir them up. Are y'all tired of listening? I got some really good stuff. <laughs> Listen to me. Your Bible says in the book of James, chapter number one, every man is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. And when that desire is conceived, it brings forth sin. And sin produces death. In other words, the devil can shoot all kind of thoughts in my mind. But if I don't partner with it emotionally, it can't produce sin in my life. Can I tell you, if that's true to the negative, it's true to the positive. That you can read your Bible or hear the word preached over and over and over and only receive it intellectually but never have an emotional attachment to the word. Then it never conceives and never produces anything in your life. And that's why you'll sit there and say, my God, how many times are you going to preach that? How many times have we got to go through that? Amen. Until you conceive it. Until you partner with it. And it affects your psyche. Are, are, y'all, are y'all catching that? Because even a negative thought can't produce sin that I don't attach my emotions to. I have to partner with it. I have to become one with it. It has to conceive. Well, it's the same way with your Bible reading. Can I tell you, I don't mean to be too negative, But I'm afraid that majority of Christians are doing Bible readings that means nothing. What makes you say that, Pastor? Well, my text makes me say it. There's some things that belong to you you're not ready for because you're so spiritually immature that I cannot give it to you. And you have people who are still self-centered, If you don't call at the right time, text at the right time, say the right thing, do the right thing, I'm offended. I know I'm talking to you, but I'm talking to somebody behind you. 
Just throw it over. Amen. Huh? Why? Because I'm in an emotionally immature state. Not that I'm lost, but I'm in an immature state. Are you listening to me? Amen. He says spiritual maturity is when my emotions are in control. I'm trying to get to a point, I don't know if I'm going to get to, to where you can only strengthen these emotions by exercise. Which really means to develop. Emotions have to be developed. But we never give our spiritual senses an opportunity to be developed because we take the low road. We throw our little temper tantrum. We put on our Facebook post. Oh, I got a Facebook now, by the way. I don't know how to get to it or use it, but I got one. I want to go all the way back to Christianity 101. Can I? According to Paul the Apostle, there cannot be true repentance if what I've heard did not affect my emotional state. I'm going to say that again. Now, I can come to the front of a church I can go through the motions, but there'll never be true repentance unless my emotional state was impacted to provoke repentance. Why? Because in 2 Corinthians chapter number 7, the Bible says, Paul said, I wrote in an epistle to you that made you sorry, but godly sorrow led you to repentance. A deep down feeling of sorrow pulled you to a place of repentance. I wish I would have took time to get to quote, but one of the old timers way back, maybe in the 19th century, said one of the greatest fears was, one of them was that there would come a day where they would be salvation without repentance. It's the most dangerous thing in the church. It's a false security of people who think they got saved. But it never produced a godly sorrow that worketh true repentance. Read, you got to study 2 Corinthians chapter number 7, or is it first? Second, he said, it's a repentance not to be repented of. In other words, when you repented from a godly sorrow, from a place of feeling and emotions, he said, you'll not be repenting over that again. But if it was an intellectual repentance, it won't be long. You will intellectually be saying, now I lay me down to sleep. Father, forgive me for the commandment I didn't keep. Oh, that rhymed. Are are y'all catching this stuff? This is the most powerful stuff I've ever got my hands on. And it's allowed me to judge my life. It's allowed me to judge my worship. It's allowed me to judge my prayer life. Stuff Kobe was trying to say. Can I tell you the church was not born in a stale, silent, intellectual setting of religious rhetoric. The church was born with noise. There came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Oh, shh. Settle down. That's for... The Spartans. 
That's for the tigers. Settle down. Somebody ought to help me right now. Huh? Settle down. Amen. He said, let me tell you how this church was born. It was born in an upper room and they didn't know how to describe what it sounded like. So all of them, they said it sounded like a freight train was coming through the church. It sounded like a freight train coming through the church. And then all of a sudden, it affected my psyche. And I started saying things I didn't even know was in me. It quickened my intuition. Is anybody listening to me? I was so engulfed in my body, soul, and spirit that the only way they could describe it is these people's drunk. That's what the church was born in. I need you to look at your neighbor right now and tell them, you need revival. You need revival. You need revival. You need revival. Can I tell you the Holy Spirit is the most emotional being ever known to man. Matter of fact, there's a scripture you'll probably have trouble with and it says, the Holy Spirit lusteth to envy. That's two words we don't use. Lust and envy. That's, the, that's how the Holy Spirit works. He lusteth to envy, meaning he's overwhelmingly passionate, amen, that you be married to one person, amen. He's overwhelmingly jealous over you. He's so emotional that he don't say, oh, well, you, I'll share you with the world. Boy, what kind of marriage would that be? Oh, it ain't no big deal. <laughs> Baby, I love you. She's just a girlfriend. You're my wife. Oh, my God. You're number one. But tonight I'm going out with number two. Oh, somebody ought to help me. This is getting too real. Amen. Huh? Amen. And what wife would say, that's okay. I'm fine with that. Y'all bring me back to leftovers. Ooh, that scared me to even say it. Did you feel that? You hear me? Just bring me back to the leftover. Well, why in the world do we think God wants us to bring him? Somebody ought to help me in this place. He is jealous God. He said, I am a jealous God. And I love so deep, I can't share you with somebody else. Somebody get on your feet right now and stir up some emotion. Stir up some emotion. Stir up your emotion. My God. My God. Stir something up. You're dead. We've died. We've lost our passion. We've lost our zeal. You know what the Bible says? Blessed are those who hunger, thirst, Two of the greatest, is that an emotion or a feeling? Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> Two of the greatest driving forces of your life is hunger and thirst. And he connected it to your Christianity. If you ain't thirsty, you ain't saved. If you ain't hungry, you sick. Uh 
That's what mama always told me when I, mama, I don't feel like eating. Oh, you sick? She pulled out the thermometer and st- stuck it. <laughs> huh? Something must be wrong with you. Something must be wrong with you. You ain't hungry. My God, what if we were like that personally? Oh my God, I got to go to the doctor. I got to go to the great physician because I lost my appetite. And it ain't right to lose my appetite. I got to go get checked out. Why ain't I hungry? Why don't I want to go to Bible study? Why don't I want to pray? Why don't I want to worship? I must be sick. must be sick what's true in the natural is true in the supernatural what I'm preaching so deep and so elementary but you wouldn't think we don't think nothing about coming to church and going through the motions but preacher when you get through I'll see you next Sunday no prayer closet no midweek snacks. <laughs> no putting an earbud in your ear and listening to some more word. <laughs> no. No. Hilamosa. I feel something happening in this place. I'm not going to be able to finish this sermon. I'm not going to be able to finish this sermon. Somebody's got to be honest. I've just laid it out. I just laid out to you in 45 minutes what took me hours to ingest. <laughs> because that's, that's my job to feed you. I cooked it. I stirred it. We had a Thanksgiving meal that was unbelievable. My mom came, my sister and all of us. We had dumplings and dressing and casseroles and and, and it was so fun preparing it. It was so fun. I mean, I fried three, me and the guys fried three turkeys. It took, the, all the preparations was just fun. It was just fun. We just fellowshiped. And it took hours. I'm talking, my mom cooked 12 pies or something like that. And it took so much time and effort and we sat down there, and in 15 minutes, oof, I'm full. What are you trying to say? I'm trying to say, if preparation for Sunday morning is not part of the excitement, you may be religious. I just come to, I'm full. If the preparation of preparing, hanging out with, and fellowshipping, I did a teaching online called Table Time. Table Time's more than sitting there gorging. It's it's gleaning. It's fellowshipping. It's, It's the people I love to be with. Now I'm going to be transparent to you. I'm concerned about Life Church. I'm supposed to be. I'm concerned about your spiritual condition. 
Let me rephrase that. I'm concerned about our spiritual condition. Because the more I studied, I've seen, oh my God, I've made this a ritual. I lost the passion that's supposed to be driving this relationship. And you know what I found out? What brings the cure? Now, I'm not even getting to my scripture to teach it. But you know what stirs up these feelings and emotions? It's more face time with a spiritual God. There's no shortcut. Just more time with Him. My mind being more occupied with Him than all the stuff we got to do throughout the day. I want to help you right now in in landing this thing, and I'm not going to say I'm closing until I'm closing because I don't want to close four times. But when you become more self-conscious than you are God-conscious, you're spending more time on you. When you become more aware of you than you are of God, then your natural self is way stronger than your spiritual self. Uh, Kobe, I so want to preach the message we went down and did in Bay City. Do you know Adam and Eve was naked before the fall? They was naked and didn't know it. They were naked and unaware of it. You want to know why? They had no self-consciousness whatsoever. They were so God-conscious, they didn't even recognize their exposure. And they lived in perfect peace because they were living a life of the Spirit to where they were just conscious of God. The only thing that changed after the fall was they was naked before the fall, And they was naked after the fall. The only difference was after the fall, they was aware of themselves. When you get out of position with God, you'll be so aware of you, you lose consciousness of Him. And you're always offended. Your feelings are always hurt. Everything's got to go exactly like... Am I helping anybody? Huh? You have no intuition of the Spirit whatsoever. I'm going, to preach, I'm going to preach that message anyway. And here's what I'm going to title it. They started hiding from the presence of God. And when a, a God finally found Adam and Eve, he said, man, what are you doing hiding? He said, well, we're hiding because we was naked. God said, who told you you were naked? What? He said, who told you you were naked? Did you eat that fruit? In other words, I can tell by your self-consciousness you've been eaten from the negative tree of information. You're digesting things that someone else told you that I didn't tell you about yourself. That's another message right there. Yeah, you're buying in. You're eating at a tree I told you not to eat at. Because that's information to tell you things about yourself that I did not create in you. I hear people preaching a lot of different ways. But when God came saying, Adam, where are you? Come here, Adam. Amen. You're Adam. God is omniscient. He's omnipotent. He's all them omni words. Amen. He knows everything at the same time. He's everywhere at the same time. You can't tell me that God came to the garden. 
Adam, you can't tell me God lost a child and couldn't find him. Huh? He wasn't like you at Walmart on a loudspeaker. Have you seen a little boy in a checkered shirt, blonde hair, blue eyes? He's mine. No. He walked up to something he created and was looking it dead in the eye and it was now thinking it was something else and God was saying, Adam, where are you? That's not what I created. You're all bashful and shy and you're trying to cover yourself. I want to know, where's the Adam I created? That's what God was doing. And that's what he's doing to some people right here. Thank you, Adam. You've bought into a lie that you're something else because you're too self-conscious and not God-conscious. Because you've lost your intuitive spirit. I'll preach part two later. I feel like stopping right now and just imparting. I didn't sermonize you guys today. I prayed to impart into you. I need your senses revived. I need you to get angry. Did you hear what I said? I need you to get angry. Quit getting angry with the teller or with the lawnmower or with that thing that won't crank. Quit getting angry with all that stuff and start getting angry that the devil has cheated you out of your position. Get angry because anger is an emotion that will stir you into action. It's an emotion that God gave you. Get angry. Get angry. Stand with me all over this place. I'm so fighting, going deeper, but God just keeps saying, stop, 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 stop. You devil, shut up. Listen to me. Listen to me. You got to know Hebrews chapter number 5, verse number 14. There are some things that belong to you that God hadn't been able to get to you because of emotional immaturity. And he said that it, emotional immaturity comes from exercising my senses by use. In other words, I got to start pushing aside these natural senses and start using my spiritual senses. And something's going to start happening when you start doing that. You know, Joey, it really didn't stand out to me as much as it is lately that did y'all ever notice how normal it was in the Bible for people to see angels? Start looking for it. And all of a sudden you think, how come you're not making a big, you just saw an angel, dude. Mary was not amazed that she saw an angel. She was troubled by what the angel said. Zachariah's in the temple and an angel just shows him and starts talking to him. Gideon, Abraham, oh, so many. Angels just show up. You want to know why? Because they actually knew how to vacillate between two worlds. They were so spiritual that they saw in dimensions and didn't think any of it. Even in the New Testament, an angel showed up and kicked Peter inside. I said, get up, son. We're getting out of here. <laughs> Matter of fact, do you know your Bible says in the book of Hebrews, chapter number 13, verse number 2, be very careful because you might be entertaining an angel. What if 
What if you're so spiritually dead, you're unaware that a spiritual being has come to minister? Oh, my God. What? Is that where we are, church? Are we so immature that we, we're not connecting with that spirit world? That's New Testament. I can start seeing. So today I'm, I'm going to give a special altar call. I don't know if there's anybody in this building that don't know Jesus. You're always the first. You're the first. You're, the, you're welcome first. But really I just preach to a lot of us church folks that know Jesus. But we lost our first love. We lost our passion. And we've been going through the motion. And we're okay with it. I challenge you right now without one minute of hesitation to come join me in these altars right now if you want your feelings and emotions and your senses revived and renewed by the power of the Holy Spirit. If you want Him to quicken. If you want Him to quicken life in your relationship. I challenge you, go after it. David said, as the deer pants after the water brook, so pants my feelings and emotions after you, O oh God. I'm telling you right now, believer, you ain't going to hell on my watch because of bad doctrine. I need you to ask yourself right now, am I truly saved? I need you to ask God, have I been born again? Something is missing, Father. The whole New Testament. Sister Rosie, the whole New Testament is founded on a bridegroom coming back to get his bride who loves him so much she's without spot or wrinkle. She is getting ready, putting on her makeup, ironing her dress because of a love and a passion. And we've took passion out of Christianity and made it an intellectual pursuit of God. My God, help us, Jesus. Help us, Jesus. Help us, Jesus. Come on. Come on. Some of you are not in this altar. You're standing right where you are. But I promise you, if you're like me, we can all use this sermon. So just for a few minutes, would you please pray right where you are. My God, rekindle my passion. He said, I got something against you. You lost your first love. You're doing all the works, but you're loving doubles. You've lost your first love. Come on, come on, come on. Pray it, pray it, pray it. You can't be a true Christian without feelings and emotions. You can be religious. Come on, pray it, pray it, pray it. Revive me, oh God. Oh, the prophet says, wilt thou not revive us, oh God? Quicken my feelings and emotions that have died, oh Lord God. Stir them, Father, I pray. Shake them by the power of your Holy Spirit. Oh my God, no wonder the, the Bible says, I would you be sanctified, holy body, soul, spirit. 
outer core, feelings and emotions, and spiritual being. Every bit of it's being touched today. Stirred today. Come on, I dare somebody to pray right now. Father, I want somebody to know your love by meeting me. I want them to know your mercy by meeting me. I want them to know your passion by meeting me. Oh my God, this is deep. Come on, pray, pray, pray. My God, come on, come on, come on, Bliss. Beat that piano a little louder. Turn it up a little, just a little bit. You're doing awesome, amen. Come on, stir it up, 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 stir it up within you. Stir up passion within you. Stir up some zeal within you. Stir it up, I say. Stir it up, I say. Stir it up, stir up that love that is within you. Stir up that fire God put in you. Stir it up. My God, just lift your voice and sing if you have to. Come on, stir it up. God, I've lost my excitement, Lord. I've lost it. Come on, pray, pray. Father, forgive me for heartless prayers. Forgive me for heartless worship. Forgive me, Lord. My God, my God, my God, my God. My God, my God, my God. This is the answer. This is the answer. You'll never have to struggle again if we get passion right. You'll never struggle to stay safe again if we get our heart right. I don't struggle to stay married to my wife. It's a passion. Oh my God, I'm telling you, I'm asking heaven to be open right now and it pour out on you. Something change you right now. Something stir us right now in the name of Jesus. Oh God. Yes, Life Church needs revival. Life Church needs revival. Come on, all you leaders. Come on, all you leaders of Life Church, you worship leaders, you teachers, you ministers of the gospel. God, forgive us for ever sharing a word I had no emotional attachment to. Come on, worship leaders. Father, I will never sing another song I have no emotional attachment to. I will not dishonor you, God. Hey! My God, I don't know what's happening in you right now. Something's happening in me. Come on, partner with the Word. Partner with the Word. Partner with the Word. Father, I'm asking you to stir up our first love again. You said, I see your works. I see you still being faithful. Revelation said, I see you're doing what you're supposed to do. But there's one thing missing that's most important. Your heart ain't in it no more. Oh, I got something against you. You lost something. You lost something. You lost your passion. My God, teach us how to repent again. Repentance is not an intellectual change of mind. It's a change of mind that was provoked by godly sorrow of my dilapidated condition. My God, 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 my God. Some of you are feeling a little uncomfortable right now. Come on, exercise. 
They say, uh, Kobe, I think they say pain is uh, uh, pain is weakness leaving the body. You got to go that extra rep. You got to push that extra mile. Come on. You've been at that level of strength so long, you got to push. Come on, push. Push right there where you are. Push in worship. Push in prayer. Push in praise. I'm going to praise you. You hear me feelings and emotions. I'm going to set my affections on things of the, uh, on spiritual things. I'm going to reset. We need a reset. We need a reset. Come on, pray that. God, I need a reset. I got to reset my emotions on things above. My God, my God, my God, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let me tell you something. There's some scriptures in the Bible you'll never understand until you get this right. One of them is, if the seed of God remains in you, you cannot see it. You'll never understand that scripture until you get this message right. What it means is, I'm so passionate about Jesus that when I do make a mistake, I can't wallow in it. My feelings and emotions brings me right back into a place of repentance. That's what that scripture means. It takes that constantly fighting to stay saved and turns it into when I miss the mark, it brings me to a place of true repentance that I deal with it immediately. It's not that Patty has to send Josh and Kobe with me when I leave so that I don't find another woman while I'm gone. I'm going to send Josh and Kobe so they make sure you make it back home. That's the worst level to try to live a Christian life to where you're constantly fighting feelings and emotions. And, and the thing about them, they're so real. But when they're totally sold out to Jesus, they're just as real on the other way. That you're so passionate for Christ, you ain't even looking at another. I don't know if y'all can feel me today, but this was an important delivery for me today. It's important to me that you get it. Father, I want to thank you. I want to praise you, Lord, for this body that I'm a part of. I want to praise you, Lord, because you prepped the hearts for this level of preaching. And I feel like they conceived. I really feel it, Father. You doesn't I really feel like it's they conceived. So now I, I really believe, Father, that it's going to bring forth fruit in their lives. Fruit that's going to look like the Father and bring glory and honor to you, O oh Lord. I thank you that prayer closets are being opened again in your homes. I thank you, Father, that, that you're stirring up real prayer closets again. That, that your children are going to become one with you again. I thank you, Lord, there's a new spiritual intuition being birthed that we become sensitive to the things in the Spirit. 
that we now will become an expression of God everywhere we go. Oh, that's spiritual maturity. I thank you today. Today's the day of celebration because your, your children are growing up. Let me tell you how I feel as a father. That when Isaac got to a certain age and they weaned him off the milk, the Bible says Abraham threw a great big party because it was a transition from being childish to eating meat. I really feel like today's a transition for some of us that you're coming off milk. You're coming on to meat and as a result, there's some things that have belonged to you all the while that's about to be given to you. Revelation. My God, in the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.